Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What if you could become a better person, not by working harder, but by taking one small step a day? And not because you're a bad person now, but because there's something inside you that's ready for more. How to Be a Better Person gives you one tiny step a day you can take to be the person you want to be. My mission? To help you live your best life. Hi, and welcome to How to Be a Better Person. I'm Kate Hanley, your host and author of the book, How to Be a Better Person. This week and last on the podcast, I've shined a spotlight on self-care, and I would be remiss if I didn't include sex in the mix, because whether it's with a partner or yourself or something you're not participating in at the moment, sex is an indisputable part of being a person and therefore has a role to play in being a better person. It's also an important way that we take care of ourselves on multiple levels, physical and emotional. So it's an important fit during the spotlight on self-care. That's why I'm interviewing Alicia Govin, Executive Director of the Center for Sexual Pleasure and Health, a nonprofit organization based in Providence, Rhode Island, that provides medically accurate, consent-based, and pleasure-guided sexuality education, therapy, and professional training to adults. Welcome, Alicia. It's really great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) The Center for Sexual Pleasure and Health offers what it calls pleasure-guided sex ed. So can you explain what that is and why pleasure is such an important part of not only your work, but also our lives? Yeah. So um, when we say pleasure-guided, What we mean is that the possibility of the experience of pleasure is at the core of what we are talking about. And and the reason we place some emphasis on that is because so much of the sex education that we receive, you know, growing up, whether it is through, you know, conversations with family or from schools or from religious leaders in our communities, it's often fear and shame based at the at the very like worst case scenario at the best i mean there are definitely some instances where pleasure is talked about and and uplifted but most of the time the emphasis is on preventing pregnancy or stis or sexually transmitted infections But so when we ignore or minimize or dismiss pleasure as a healthy component of our sexuality, we neglect one of the major reasons people engage in sexual behavior in the first place. And so if we're dismissing that, we are not enabling people to have conversations about the types of pleasure that they enjoy. We are not empowering people to have conversations with their partners um, to communicate what their what their desires are or behaviors that they want to engage with. And so that can impact the ability for people to consent to behaviors. And we 
put ourselves at risk by potentially engaging in behaviors that are not good for us. For example, there was a a tweet on a tweet on Twitter that was circulating I don't know, I think in December at some point and it it was it was something to the effect of please do not DIY sex toys right now. We are in the middle of a pandemic. You do not need to go to the emergency room because you got something stuck in your butt. <laughs> and <laughs> as and as funny as that is, it's true. <laughs> like there there is a book, I can't remember the title of it, but it is devoted to things that people have gotten stuck in their bodies because they did not know that the thing that they were putting in there could get stuck. And so when we, and also when people encounter these medical issues, they tend to wait before going to the emergency room. And that only causes the issue to become that much more serious. And so by having conversations about pleasure, people can learn how to safely engage in behaviors that minimizes harm to themselves and others. And ultimately, like people that are harmed by avoiding these conversations are people who have experienced oppression historically. So in the cultural zeitgeist, it's, it's fine to talk about men's pleasure because that's like their right. But if we talk about female pleasure, that's so much more taboo. Or if we even think about just like the ways we talk about sex and sexuality, we often minimize the experiences of, of people in the LGBTQ community as well. Even just thinking about school-based sex ed, that's, it's very heterocentric. And so we're not giving queer folks the, the opportunities to learn how to experience pleasure in a way that is safe for them either. Mm, you guys are doing all kinds of important work over there. Yeah, I'm clearly very, very passionate about it. <laughs> As you're talking, I can't help but I'm hearing that Justin Timberlake song, I'm Bringing Sexy Back, but it's uh, I'm Bringing Pleasure Back. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I love it. I love it. Let's bring it front and center. So how do you see the relationship between sex and self-care? Can you draw that out for us a little bit? Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, and I know self-care is like a big word right now. And there's, I've seen again on Twitter, lots of like different opinions on on self-care. But so the way I'm interpreting self-care is things that optimize your health or things, whether that's your mental health or your physical health or however else you define health. I think one of the things that people don't think about is how much we ignore our how our bodies feel by not thinking about how we are experiencing pleasure and this is not just limited to sex i think this is a cultural thing especially i I mean maybe especially in the northeast where we have those puritanical roots but there's a lot of shame that goes into like food and and our right to enjoy something that brings us pleasure that we're eating you know, it's, and that's kind of like the crux of diet culture. But even just from a medical standpoint, experiencing an orgasm can help reduce your risk of certain cancers as well as your chances of a heart attack. Mm -hmm. So by denying yourself the opportunity to have an orgasm, you are increasing (laughs) your risk of certain cancers and increasing your chance of having a heart attack. Now, is there a 
you know, direct line? No, I'm sure there's other factors that are at play. But also having an orgasm can help decrease your stress. It can help you sleep better. It can help boost your immune system and can help you experience less physical pain, especially right now (laughs) during cold and flu season, global pandemic, (laughs) extremely stressful timeline for many, many folks. That could be a, a free thing that you can do for yourself that doesn't involve changing your diet taking a pill, buying a Peloton, like (laughs) it's it's something that you can do in the safety of your own home with or without a partner. And it's not something your doctor is going to prescribe or talk to you about most likely. Right. What about the relationship between sex and being a better person? Am I like trying to make, draw a line there that's not there? I think that there's absolutely a connection. I think that when kind of going back to what I was saying at the start, like when we are more comfortable talking about the things that bring us pleasure and more comfortable with our bodies, I think that allows us to extend empathy to others that we may not have had the capacity to do so before. And I think it encourages a deeper and more, more, fruitful relationship with yourself. You know, we we talk about going to the doctor for our annual checkups, go to the dentist for teeth ma- or oral care, but we don't ever talk about doing a sex audit as weird as it sounds. <laughs> but our 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 sexuality change or like not our sexuality, our bodies change throughout the course of our life. And so, you know, if we're not checking in with how our bodies are functioning or experience or, or, or exploring alternative ways to experience pleasure, we are setting ourselves up for failure in that we are creating this unattainable goal. And again, I think, you know, we want to minimize the feelings of shame and fear that ultimately can cause conflict, right? Like that's, that's ultimately at the root of most of our social societal ills. (laughs) Right, right. And it's hard to be evolved or come from a big hearted place if you're feeling shame. It's just, it's easy to kind of adopt a defensive position, which is when you're not at your best. I see the line. I see it. (laughs) Yeah. And like when you're thinking about, I think it does encourage you to think about like different possibilities and like, why might someone enjoy some, might enjoy X when I enjoy Z. For example, I really like chocolate and my partner does not like chocolate. Does that make my partner a bad person? No, it means there's more chocolate for me. <laughs> I don't have to worry about them eating it. So it's it's the same thing. Like if, you know, if you encounter someone that says that they're in the BDSM scene, that doesn't make them a bad person if you're not into that. that it means that you like two different things. And yet, because it's such a taboo in our society, we feel the the need to place this person in like the other category rather than like embracing who they are as a whole person. Switching gears a bit, I've heard of a lot of pandemic babies, which suggests that people are using the quarantine to get busy. But I'm also hearing from a lot of people that all the together time is killing the mood. And with kids at home all the time, 
you know, I can vouch that alone time and adult time is hard to find. And then there are also reports of domestic violence spiking, thanks mm-hmm. to many reasons, including high stress and more tem- time spent, you know, cooped up inside the home together. What's your take on how sex fits into self-care during this particular unique moment in time? Yeah. I mean, if you're if someone's experiencing domestic violence, I don't think that sex is going to solve <laughs> the the that issue in your in your relationship. And there's at least in Rhode Island, there's a lot of great resources out there, albeit because of the spikes, I know that they're they're at capacity. But I do think that kind of going back to the top in terms of finding time, or, or maybe it's not finding time, but creating an environment <laughs> where there is a better uh, atmosphere. And, and I'm not someone with kids, so I can't, I don't know if my my suggestions of things to do with kids in your home are based in reality. <laughs> um, and I, I would imagine that it's, it depends on how old they are as well. But I have friends that have kids who will say, you know, it's, we're, you know, we're going to go have some alone time. And these are kids that are able to occupy themselves for at least, you know, a decent amount of time without fear of burning the house down. (laughs) But also like, in terms of like, killing the mood, it is a stressful time and, and stress can have an impact on our sex drives. For some people, it makes them want sex even more. Um, because it's a form of release for other people. It's like, this is the last thing I want. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that part of it is you need to have a conversation with, if it's partnered sex, you need to have a conversation with your partner about what your expectations are. There's a really amazing resource called a sex journal. And it helps you have those hard conversations because we're not taught how to how to talk about our wants and needs um especially when it comes to sex and what it encourages you to do and i promise this is not like an ad <laughs> it's just a resource that someone came up with that i'm a huge fan of it it encourages you to talk about what you and your partner are looking for in your sexual relationship and then it gives you very brief prompts after you and your partner have had sex that you can then debrief. Like what was really great? Like what, what do we want to definitely do again? And what is something that we felt was lacking or what is something that we could do differently next time? And I know a lot of people who have used it and it has like facilitated a lot of really great questions or conversations that even in the sex ed world, like, people are are having conversations that they never would have thought of having with their partners. So I definitely encourage folks to look into that as a resource. But also in terms of like changing the mood a little bit, I don't know about anyone else, but I find myself spending a lot more time in yoga pants and not doing my makeup or hair. And so sometimes it might just be scheduling a date night. Like, See if someone in your pod can watch the kids and have an at-home date night with your partner or with yourself. Put on some makeup, put on some nice shoes and like feel really good in your own body. And that will translate to creating an atmosphere where 
you're both feeling really good and 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 want to play. Nice. And just to help p- folks find that resource, which does sound amazing, it's called A Sex Journal. Is there an author or another way that we could identify it? The website is asexjournal.com. Very SEO friendly. I appreciate I that. They <laughs> got on the ground floor of that. Um, I'm trying to find the author. Oh, that's okay. I could share it in the show notes if it's not at your fingertips. Yeah, it's asexjournal.com. Apparently, Goop has done an endorsement of it. Um, okay, well, there you go. <laughs> but it, it is a fantastic tool. I can't recommend it enough. Okay, great. Thank you for that. So the Center for Sexual Health and Pleasure has some amazing virtual workshops. I was checking out your website before we hopped on this call. Uh, They cover everything from how to talk to your kids about porn to polyamory. And that was just for a couple of months. I know there's a lot of topics that you cover. What are some other ways you're supporting folks and how can listeners connect with you and take part? Yeah, the virtual workshops we've been doing on... um, I guess I would consider it like a trimester based schedule. Um, And this is something that came out of being, you know, not able to do in-person workshops and is new for us. And we never thought that we would be doing workshops for parents because a lot of the folks that are, you know, behind the scenes are, are not people with children, myself included. And so when we were trying to to have our pivot discussion about where the organization was going, we really wanted to support other independent sex educators who are also experiencing job loss because of everything, you know, getting shut down. And so we put a request for proposals out there and we got so many incredible proposals from sex educators across the country. Mm. And we created this this parenting mini series and that was one of our most popular programs since the start of the pandemic and and is something that we plan on continuing because there are so few resources for parents on how to have sex positive conversations with their children but we also are going to have a series that is about you know different aspects of of pleasure and sexuality, as well as a professional track. So for medical providers and mental health professionals who are wanting to learn how to have these conversations with their patients and their clients, um, as well as provide more culturally competent care in terms of like serving the LGBTQ community, we have a, a great lineup of workshops that are going to be announced within the next couple of weeks. So probably by the time this comes out, it will be live on our website, which is the CSPH.org. We are also at the CSPH. So C is in center, uh, S as in sexual, P as in pleasure, H as in health on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We also provide teletherapy right now. And we work with, or our clinical director is um, a certified sex therapist. She's one of three in the state of Rhode Island. And we work with adults experiencing sexual challenges, difficulties, and trauma. And then um, our other tier of programming is the professional training, as I mentioned. And we also do community events. This past Friday, we had a sex trivia night for Valentine's in 
March, we're going to have a storytelling event. All of these are virtual, trying to give people <laughs> opportunities to connect with others while staying home and staying safe. Fantastic. So it sounds like the CSPH.org is the hub, right? And yeah. also don't forget the the because you will not find us if you go to CSPH.org. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Alicia, thanks so much for being us being with us here today. Really appreciate yeah, thank it. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Hi, this is Kate. I'll be back with your tiny assignment right after this quick break. Speaking of self-care, something that's been saving my bacon during this pandemic winter is meditating with Headspace. Whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. Overwhelmed? Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace has wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash Kate. That's headspace.com slash Kate for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash Kate today. Okay, so Alicia shared some pretty eye-opening information about just how good sex is for us um, on many different levels, everything from boosting immunity to promoting relaxation. Your tiny assignment today is just to think about what you need in order to be able to have more good sex, more orgasms in your life. Just identify what is missing for you. Is it alone time? Is it a conversation with your partner? Is it a sexy book to get you in the mood? Think about it. Ask yourself. Listen to what comes. And then honor that the best way that you can. I hope you'll come back for tomorrow's episode when I am asking the question, are hobbies self-care or self-indulgent? Thanks for listening to How to Be a Better Person. Our theme song is Left for Deadish by Junior85. The podcast is mixed by Sound Advice Strategies. If you liked what you heard in this episode, share it with someone you think would like it too. Your voice matters. Also, How to Be a Better Person has an official newsletter that sends the past seven episodes, a sneak peek of the week ahead, and one well-chosen meme to your inbox every Saturday morning. Sign up at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com and click on Get Podcast News. I also love to hear from listeners. I mean, I love it. Send me an email by clicking on the Contact Kate button at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com. Tweet me at Kate Han, K-A-T-E-H-A-N, or find me on Instagram at Kate Hanley Author. I look forward to connecting with you. 